Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, what's up, Faithful? We made it. We went through the worst week one ever. It was bad. (laughs) Maybe not the worst ever, but we're here. And we come back, and the 49ers are making adjustments um, as we speak. You know, I I was going to hit live about 20 minutes ago, uh, but, you know, Twitter floods out. The 49ers made a huge signing. They go get Mohamed Sanu. We're going to break that down. Uh, kind of what he has left in the tank, what that means for the 49ers, his relationship, uh, as much as we know about the deal as possible. Um, we're going to be going over some week one offensive notes, snap counts, look into that, top graded players, lowest graded players as well. Injury updates, we're going to hear from Kyle Shanahan um, updating us on the top wide receivers that we have to have. And of course, George Kittle, who's a little banged up as well. Um We've got an amazing story, uh, amazing story from one of our listeners um, about the catch, man. I, you know, you read these stories. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it. The origin stories of how people became kind of brought into the faithful, and it, it just puts everything into perspective. Um, you know, I'm a history teacher. That's what I do. I do this for fun, um, full time for fun. <laughs> but whenever you hear these stories from the past, ah, oh, it's just awesome. It just strengthens and emboldens and, you know, reminds you why we are fans in the first place. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about and we've got to start off talking about Mohamed Sanu. You know, the 49ers wide receivers, they're bad. There's nobody that's discounting that. And a lot of that has to do with health. Your number one guy, Debo Samuel, you know, he's out. That hurts for sure. And then you add to that your first round draft choice that was supposed to step up and replace Emmanuel Sanders. Well, he's hurt with a hamstring. So you've got these two guys out, which leaves you with four wide receivers. Now, the wide receivers you have 
are supposed to be carrying the weight. Uh, Kendrick Bourne did okay. Not great. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about his game. Dante Pettis laid the biggest egg of his entire career. And then Richie James does admirably well in punt return, as he always does. But then he gets hurt. He hurts his hamstring. This, this is the year of hamstrings and Achilles. And everybody knew this was going to happen because you canceled minicamp, OTAs, all those things. Very similar to the strike year whenever you go way, way back. You force people to try to get up to speed and whenever they don't get to actually play football. And here's the deal. It doesn't matter really how much you train. There's training. Then there's football. And whenever you don't get to play football, you're going to get these types of injuries. Um, so everybody knew this was going to happen, and it happened. Um, so you kind of got to deal with it. It's not just the 49ers that are going through hamstrings. Uh, several first-round uh, draft choices missed week one, especially at the wide receiver position. So it's not just a 49ers issue. But you still got to play football. Okay, so now Richie James is going to be out for a while. Debo's still out for two more games because he got put on IR. We'll talk to Kyle about that in a second. But... Whenever you look at Muhammad Sanu, okay, now let's step back. And shout out to the Countdown crew. I'm sorry. Uh, lots of hashtag CCs out there. Jason was the first one in. Appreciate that, Jason. And Hayden from um, from YouTube. So thank you for that. Appreciate that. And as always, we're going to get to your questions. So if you guys have a question, please throw that out there. Just at me, at John Chapman, and we'll get to that. Now, you bring in Muhammad Sanu. So first off, lots of things. The 49ers went after him last year. Right at the trade deadline, Mohamed Sanu was target number one. But the 49ers lost that bidding war to the New England Patriots. And, you know, whether this is a critique, I don't personally think it's a critique of John Lynch. He refuses to overpay for people. He will not do it. He won't do it. Uh, he understands what he can get people for and what he can't. And he, he finds that spot, the compensation, whether it's financial or trade capital, draft picks, doesn't matter. And he'll sit on it. For a year, we saw we saw him do this back and forth with Trent Williams. We saw him do it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Shoot, they tried to get Tom Brady. <laughs> um, they will not overpay, they, and I love that. You know, it, because when you, when your emotions and oh, I gotta have it now happen, that's where teams get fleeced. So you tried to get Mohamed Sanu last year. The Patriots end up overpaying. They give up a second. It doesn't work out. They cut him this year. We end up going the Emmanuel Sanders route. We gave up a third and a fourth. We got a fifth back. Much better deal. Um, you know, again, if you look at just the second round pick, eh, I don't want to. I don't want to frame it that way. I want to backtrack just a little bit. Here's the way I want to frame it. You still get a guy that knows the offense. One more player on the Kyle Shanahan, you know, former team, bring them all in. Loyalty to the Supreme. And I think that the 49ers were fine with their wide receiver core when they found out Richie James was coming back, but now he's going to be out. That leaves them with three healthy wide receivers. Now, we're assuming Brandon Ayuk comes back this week, which would be four. But with Richie James out, you're assuming the hamstring's bad enough to be two to three weeks. Very similar to the Ayuk injury, right? So you've got to get people in there that know the system. And I see this question, Sergio, and I, I don't disagree. Why not bring Juwan Jennings up, right? That's fine. Well, guess what? They play different positions. Juwan Jennings was practicing almost exclusively out of the slot. Muhammad Sanu is a do-it-all wide receiver, but he's much more of an outside guy, okay? Now, here's what I think. 
One, I think Mohamed Sanu can play any spot on this offense because he knows it already being with Kyle. He had a hell of a season with Kyle. If you go back to 2016, the last year that Kyle Shanahan was in Atlanta, Mohamed Sanu had 59 catches, 653 yards, and four touchdowns. Now, I don't think that there's any way in hell Mohamed Sanu is going to have that type of a catch or type of a season for the 49ers this year. I don't think that's his role. And I don't think that he's an immediate starter either. I do think that as soon as he is ready to go, he's ahead of Dante Pettis. And I think that's what this signing was. You got to get Pettis out. Um, Pettis was awful. <laughs> now, he only got targeted once, but he was bad. Now, I do have to also say and update you guys. The NFL is not loading the All-22 film. I don't understand why they're not putting the coach's film up on NFL Game Pass. It's very frustrating. It was up every single Tuesday last year, usually Monday nights, but they don't even have the Thursday night game of the Chiefs and Texans loaded yet. So whoever's, somebody's getting fired. <laughs> I don't know what's happening there. But it's been kind of hard because you can't go watch the coach's film. Uh, you can see the broadcast in the condensed version, but more often than not, you don't get to see outside of the frame of reference of the ball. Uh, so you can't really go back and watch you know, and see what happened on these routes and, you know, was he getting separation? You can only see kind of that quick two-second snip, uh, snippet until they get outside of the camera frame. Um, so that's kind of what it is. One, I would pay so much stinking money if the NFL would allow me to watch NFL games in all 22. That sounds like heaven to me, but uh, that option's not out there. Come on, man. Uh, give me a job and uh, <laughs> promotions or marketing. I'll make it happen. People will love it. So back to Sanu. Uh, now, for those of you that did join a Patreon, I do want to say thank you. Whenever the film gets uploaded, which I know it will eventually, um, I'm going to get you all your breakdown. You're not missing any content. You just got to wait. Like, I got to wait till I can put it out. I woke up early this morning to do it this morning, and uh, it wasn't up. Lots of cuss words, lots of coffee later. Here we are. So this is a one-year deal for Mohamed Sanu. Okay, so it's probably not very much at all. Probably close to a minimum deal. But you bring him up. It's not going to take him long to get up to speed. The problem is we're still in COVID. So he has to come in. He's already They've already agreed to terms. He's got to get tested, then leave. He can't practice with the team until Friday. So that's problematic because you're putting in your game plan, usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's usually the days that you're kind of going through everything. Wednesday's the big day. So he's missing that. Now, it doesn't mean you can't go over stuff with him virtually. It doesn't mean you can't walk him through kind of all those things. He already understands the offense, so that's huge. But the fact that he cannot catch a physical pass from Jimmy Garoppolo until Friday is problematic. So you got to tamper, <laughs> step down your expectations for Mohamed Sanu week two. Do not expect Mohamed Sanu to be a starter week two. I wouldn't personally expect him to be a starter um, at all. I don't, I don't think he's going to be. I do expect Brandon Ayuk back this week. I, I don't think that there's any doubt on that unless he's had a you know another hangup. But I do believe that the starters this week are going to be Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne in two wide receiver sets, and then you throw in Trent Taylor in three wide receiver sets. Sanu would basically be the backup across the board, and then if you know hell breaks loose, you got to put Dante Pettis in there. you got to put Dante Pettis in there. That's kind of where it is. Um, so it's great to have this type of comfort blanket. Um, there's no doubt he could step in and get 20-plus snaps week one, but you have to understand... Mohamed Sanu was a guy that was just cut, you know, before the 53. 
So you can't you maybe he just didn't mix well with the Patriots, which this is not a new thing. The Patriots playbook is very, very different whenever it comes to wide receivers than almost any team in the NFL. And you can go back to Chad Johnson. Yeah, there's it just it doesn't always sync with veteran wide receivers. It doesn't translate. It's a very difficult system. Kyle Shanahan's system, guess what? We already know Muhammad Sunu works in it. We already know he understands it. He already has experience with it. He's probably, there. there is no probably. He is the most experienced wide receiver on the 49ers team uh, outside of Kendrick Bourne and Trent Taylor in the Kyle Shanahan scheme. He's had more time there. So I think that's kind of important. Um, you know, keep in mind, understand, step down expectations a little bit, but understand this is huge. Uh, because it's going to give us a much better presence. And one of the things that's awesome about Muhammad Sanu that's very underrated, he is one of the most physical, physically gifted wide receivers and most physical playing wide receivers. He is a great run blocker. He is mean as hell. And he throws a lot of touchdown passes. He's as good as a quarterback. Uh, they do wildcat stuff with him. I don't expect a lot of that. But some versatility later on down the road, mark my words, if he sticks around on this roster, which I think he will, um, just understand he's going to have a shot uh, at throwing a pass, reverse, something along those lines. We'll see something from Muhammad Sunu this year. Now, let's jump down to our uh, story, our origin story. So let me catch you up. Uh, whenever we switch platforms off of Blue Wire, which I love that company. It's awesome, but I had to do the solo thing. Um, it knocked us down in rankings on almost every single podcast website because of analytics. I don't know why the owner thing changed. So we need five-star reviews from you. We need that from you, the 49ers Rush. That helps us out tremendously with sponsors, uh, gets more people to listen to the show. It just helps us out a lot. So uh, we need five-star reviews on iTunes Preferred, but whenever you leave your review, tell us how you became a member of the faithful. That's what we want. And I'm going to be sharing stories over the air. Here we go. This one comes from DL Good, and I love it, man. This is an awesome one. Um, he said, the first game I ever remember watch watching with my family, family was 1981. Dallas versus the Niners. We all know this game. With the catch, no lie. I don't recall understanding why my family was so excited at the time, but boy do I now. I love this, man. And I even have the t-shirt that says 49ers 1981 NFC champions. NFC, and that that's amazing. That is just amazing. Um, I appreciate the game and the Niners more than ever and enjoy listening to the podcast. That is perfect. Thank you, DL. And man, you step back. You take a picture of, you know, the big picture. You, you look at everything. How beautiful is it to be a part of a franchise like this? And I can't wait. Let's just say we're doing this podcast 20 years from now. We'll probably have a new medium or whatever. There's going to be people sharing stories about the NFC West Championship that we just went through in 1990, uh, you know, 2019. And I love that. I, I just absolutely, somebody's got to become a fan somehow through some way. And usually it's through winning. Uh, mine was a crappy stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Now let's talk about injuries and we got to start off with Debo. Okay. The whole idea was, man, Debo might be back week one. Debo's working out really, really good. Uh, everything looks like it's probably going to happen. And then all of a sudden Debo's out. So Kyle Shanahan was asked about this and here's his response on Debo and kind of what happened and set everything back. We didn't think it was a setback cause he was just real sore after running one day. Um, but the soaring never got better. It just got worse and worse after one specific day. And usually after one day when it was sore, we thought it was just because he worked it hard. But when that 
got worse each day and not better, we knew it was ended up being a little bit of a setback. So, uh, so we ended up putting him on IR. Now, thankfully, and this is a big reason why we're allowed to add Mohamed Sanu, is guess what? He only is going to be on there for three weeks. And so, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he kind of went back into this a little bit later. We didn't put him on IR originally, and the NFL would not let them. I didn't, I didn't know this. Nobody knew about this. Because this injury occurred before the initial 53-man roster. And so the they're kind of weird with how injuries happen. But because the injury flared up afterwards on that Tuesday, the NFL said, okay, fine, we'll let you put him on IR now. Um, because now it's kind of like a new injury. He was practicing, and then the injury flared back up, so they let him, which means he's going to be out the first three weeks. So the New York trip, you know, we have the Jets this week in week two, and then we have the Giants in week week three. He's missing that. He should be back just fine. Should be. Should be (laughs) week four for the Eagles. Now the problem is, and i got to put this asterisk next to it, Jones fractures are scary, especially for wide receivers. Julio Jones, Des Bryant, those wider, those injuries linger because you have to plant so much and shift back and forth, and it usually happens with bigger wide receivers. Now, Trent Taylor's thing was a little bit different. He never got to the point where the injury was close to being healed. Infection, infection, resurgery, resurgery. He never even got close to where Debo was. Now, hopefully, Debo is able, because of this three-week time frame, to just sit, chill, and be okay, and get back. We need them uh, for the Eagles. We, we do. We need them back this week. Now, the good thing is we've got two pretty porous teams that aren't very, very good at football, um, no depth, and not a big fan of either coaching staffs uh, for the next two weeks, which is great. It's kind of where the 49ers need to be, to be honest with you. Um, and if we get Ayuk, we're going to figure out how good this guy can be because we're going to have to lean on Ayuk, which is crazy, uh, first-round draft pick. And also, I do want to say, I'm seeing the comments, we will talk about some trade uh, ideas that are out there uh, with potential wide receivers, Odell Beckham, Allen Robinson. We're going to deal with those. Uh, we'll put that at the end of the episode, and we'll chat through some of that stuff. Now, George Kittle, the creme de la creme. The most important player on the offense by far. Maybe Trent Williams now. Good gosh, Trent Williams was so good this week. It's easy to set back and be pissed. And man, we're 0-1. We're one of the 16 teams that lost week one. Gosh, there's some good things to take away. (laughs) There's some really, really good things. Number one, Trent Williams is a beast. He almost killed a guy. I, I, I wish I could show you the freaking play, Red Zone. Dang you. Uh, or, um, sorry, Game Pass. I got mad at the wrong thing. Red Zone's amazing. Um, I love watching games on Red Zone if it's not the 49ers. But Trent Williams played absolutely incredible and just, oh, so great. We're signing that guy to a long-term deal. That's, that's all there. You cannot let – if he plays that way, I know it's just one week. I don't care. He played that well against Chandler freaking Jones. Sign him long-term. I don't care. I, I, that guy, I want him for four years. I know he's 31. I want him till his 31st year. That, that's just period. That's what I want. Now, back to Kittle. I'll, I'll, I'll calm down. Sorry about that, guys. I got a little excited. Got a little, it, It's good to get excited about things, especially when you're 0-1-1. It's, we're talking injuries, but there's some positives out there. Now, George Kittle, he takes that awful hit to the knee, and it hyperextends. And, man, it just looked like pain. So, some good, some bad. Number one. He missed one offensive play. You know, we saw him run in. It was right before the half. It was on that shitty pass 
I apologize for the cuss words. Dang it. The terrible pass from Jimmy Garoppolo. And he got his knee hyperextended. Immediately just like grabbed the knee. Jogged to the sidelines, which was good news. And also the contact usually is good news. You, you hurt your knee on non-contact. Bad things happen. That's bad news. Uh, contact usually is going to be okay. Um, or super bad in other people's cases. But whatever. He goes into the locker room. Comes right back out with his helmet. Plays the rest of the game. He never got another target in the passing game. Um, his run blocking was still great, but definitely didn't look like Kittle. Um, you could tell he was playing through some stuff. Afterwards, the press conference afterwards, they asked George Kittle, how, how you feeling? How's the knee? He's like, oh, it's fabulous. Absolutely no worries. No problem. Uh, it's just this guy is a machine. He's freaking Terminator Part 2 or Part 7, whatever number they're on. Like, he's just tough as hell. Well... Kyle Shanahan uh, shed a little bit of light on where Kittle is currently. He has a knee sprain. We're, we're gonna we'll see how he comes in on Wednesday. Um, you know, he was a little sore today, but um, we'll wait to see how he is on Wednesday to see if he's able to practice or I'll be able to go this week. We know there'll be some question. Yeah, um, that's just the way you have to deal with the knee sprain. Um, usually, pain is very very high, especially on planting. That that's kind of the issue. So one is on planting, and then two, the other part of the knee sprain. Knee sprain could be lots of things. If you sprain his uh, MCL, ACL, meniscus, whatever. But usually the pain happens when you lift your leg up. So like if you're sitting in your chair and you kind of lift your leg up, it hurts on that knee, uh, that part that pulls your femur up the, the here's the knee socket sorry i know i'm not a doctor but i've been around this for a while whenever you pull it up it's the tendons in between that get strained and so just the weight of pulling your foot up can act it just hurts and so if you're not careful that can make it it, it just gets to the point where you're shortening your steps and it affects your speed and it affects your plant leg even the leg that you're not hurt on it can be bad so rest is huge when the swelling goes down that's huge and the good news is george kittle is a guy that could literally just participate in the walkthrough right and then play so i i think that we do have an opportunity to have kittle even if he doesn't practice this week i think he will play um the dude, he's the toughest damn guy there is. And especially after an 0-1 uh, game, he's not going to wait. Um, he's going to be out there. I feel confident he's going to be out there. Richie James, we've talked about a little bit. Um, he's he's going to be out, and, which brings us to three, unless Ayuk can play. Okay, that's four. And then if Muhammad Sanu is cleared and if you want to suit him up, I wouldn't be surprised if Ayuk is active, that Muhammad Sanu will be inactive. Um just not not for health reasons, just because he, he never caught a pass from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, he's got to have some time to get in there. Uh, that's just kind of what that's going to be. Now, let's jump into some offensive grades because film doesn't lie. Uh, these numbers are from pre PFF, Pro Football Focus, and they're a launching point. Don't agree with them. They're not gospel or anything like that. They're just, they put things into perspective. And so if we let's focus on the positive here real quick, and then we'll, we'll kind of alternate back and forth. The top graded player on the offense by a gigantic margin was Trent Williams. He scored an 88.6 overall. Um, 90 is considered all pro level. 80 to 90 is kind of pro bowl level. And then 70s is starting quality. 60 and below um, average starter to just terrible, right? So you have Trent Williams at 88.6. 
great. Amazing. His run blocking was perfection. Pass blocking, uh, he got the highest pass blocking grade, but actually second highest. Now, I don't think anybody could guess who got the highest pass blocking grade. You're going to be wrong no matter who you guess. The best pass blocking player, <laughs> it's, it's comical to be honest with you, was the freaking practice squad player that got called up, Horanis Grasu, scored an 84.8 pass blocking grade he played all 62 snaps it's crazy and then what's his reward he gets put right back on the practice squad um they did not retain him or number 27 i the name we shall not mention moving forward but gotta give props to you know Horanis grasu now he was pretty bad whenever it came to run blocking but the pressure that jimmy garoppolo got it didn't come from trent williams and it didn't come from the center that was a practice squad guy. That's great news. Uh, the second great uh, highest graded player was Jordan Reed. He only got 10 snaps, but he played very, very well. 71.7. Raheem Mostert, 69. Nice. Uh, Mostert had a good game. He really, really did. Now, he didn't have his traditionally great runs, uh, but, I mean, anytime you have a one-play touchdown drive for over 70 yards, that that's impactful um now it didn't translate to the running game you know the cardinals stacked the box they basically said let's allow your wide receivers to beat us and they did not let's allow your quarterback to beat us and he did not kyle Yuschek was fourth 67.8 lake and tomlinson 67.3 jet jet baby um he would have scored really really high but he had that drop pass i think that really hurts uh in the pro football focus score kind of how they do things 67.2 and kittle was seventh 66.1 now let's go to the bottom okay worst player by far on the field dante pettis 49.7 um i think you put him back there at punt returner uh, i would never give him a wide receiver snap again uh, i've held out hope for dante pettis for a long long time especially those of you guys that listen to the podcast and have been with the podcast for a while. I, I've stuck with Pettis. I really, really have. Longer than I should have. Um, no, 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 no. Until he shows something, zero faith. Um, I love how Jerry Rice came out this week, man. Jerry Rice came out and criticized the wide receivers. Why are you guys out there dancing? You haven't done anything. You didn't catch anything. Uh, you're out there celebrating in the end zone. It's a business. Uh, you need to act like it's way more important than it is. I, I love the GOAT challenging the wide receivers. And imagine being a player in the NFL and the greatest player ever to put on the pads at your position or in football in general is out there throwing shade on you in public. I don't know, man. It, part of me says, and this is just a Chapman conspiracy theory, right? So you take this for whatever. Kyle Shanahan charged up Dante Pettis last year. He threw him under the bus from training camp forward, right? Healthy scratch from the Super Bowl. Then they have their whole kumbaya session, whatever. Dante Pettis comes out training camp, starts saying the right things. Kyle Shanahan starts saying the right things about him. Jimmy Garoppolo starts saying nice things about him, right? Comes out week one, soft again. Now, Kyle Shanahan... Still had positive things to say about the wide receivers even after the game. I don't know how. But again, whenever they talk about the wide receivers, they're talking about Dante Pettis. It's code word because you have to protect this kid. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Shanahan 
you know, hit the phone number and called Jerry Rice on speed dial and said, hey, I can't criticize this kid publicly because of our relationship status <laughs> is already on the rocks. Can you try from the outside? And I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying I think that is what happened. Dante Pettis is trash. He paid 45 snaps on offense. He's not starting this week. I could tell you that right now. If they got a wheel, if they need to get a wheelchair and put Brandon Ayuk out there to run a free, to wheel a slant, I want that over Dante Pettis. And I hate being a negative guy. I really don't like that. I'm just telling you right now, I'm done. I'm done. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, second worst graded player, 52.9. Uh, the sacks were huge. Um, he just had a bad game. We'll talk a little more about that. Roz Dwelly got seven snaps, um, 55.9. He did really well pass blocking. His routes, he got no separation, and he missed a run block as well. Richie James got 10 snaps before his injury. And Trent Taylor, uh, he kind of rounds out the bottom, followed by Mike McGlinchey, who had a pretty bad game, to be honest with you. Mike McGlinchey actually... Let's jump over to the pressures. He gave up the most. He doubled. He gave up four pressures, two hits, and two quarterback hurries. And so this this is a couple things. It's a good thing if Mike McGlinchey is your worst offensive lineman. The bad news is he didn't have the best 2019. His rookie year was much better than his 2019 season, but McGlinchey kept getting better and better and better throughout the year. Uh, he's in the best shape of his life. Um, he's just got to step it up. Now, you could say, yeah, he's going to get Chandler Jones, some of those snaps. I get it. But you can't have him being what he is, a 44.1 pass rushing, uh, pass blocking grade. That, that's trash. There's nobody on the team in the 50s. <laughs> I mean, he's that far below. Daniel Brunskill gave up one sack and one hurry. You had Lakin Tomlinson gave up one hurry. And then you had George Kittle actually gave up a sack as well. Um, he, he had just one play where he whiffed early on, and that was a bad one. But Trent Williams uh, was incredible nonstop. Uh, if there's something to take away, Brunskill's pretty damn good. Okay, I'm not really worried about Brunskill long-term, um, but Trent is, to say that he is amazing, it, it doesn't even make sense. doesn't make sense. Now, let's talk a little bit about Jimmy Garoppolo. Ah, it was a bad game. It was a really bad game. And he was just kind of bad no matter what, whether there was pressure, non-pressure, whatever. And part of that is he's not looking at the wide receivers. He's throwing it to running backs. He's throwing it to tight ends. He's throwing it to fullbacks. But one of the things that is interesting to me, he did attempt four deep passes over 20-plus yards in the air. He didn't complete any of them. Um, but he is attempting deep passes. And if you go back to the last drive of the game where it was fourth down, not the last fourth down, and he just chunked it up and the ball got intercepted and we got the pass interference call and all that stuff, that there are so many things about Jimmy Garoppolo that tell you, you can tell he's thinking the right thing. It's fourth down, you scramble outside the pocket, you got to give somebody a chance to play, and he did that. Um, you know, got the first down, uh, you know, you move forward and get another shot at it. We didn't get that, but there's so many times where quarterbacks just don't understand where they are. Um, and I really, really did. I, I enjoyed that. I like that. Now, if we talk about rushes and I think that this is important too, the difference in the running back rotation is huge. Okay. If we just look at rushing attempts, that's all we're looking at. Raheem Mostert got 15 carries. Tevin Coleman got four. Jarek McKinnon got three. So it does seem like 
they're kind of, you know, it, it's 100% going to be, hey, this is our guy. You know, now if you look at the snap counts, this is key too. Raheem Mostert got 37 snaps. Jarek McKinnon, 19. Tevin Coleman only got six snaps. He got the ball on four of those. So when Tevin Coleman's in there, <laughs> just understand um, he's getting the damn ball. You know, another thing I thought was interesting, Charlie Warner only got one snap. That was the, when Kittle went out, he went in. Um, I would like Charlie Warner to get more snaps, personally. Um, but what do you do from a tight end position? You know, I want Kittle, I want Kittle out there every single snap. I want Jordan Reed to get more snaps. And I want Charlie Warner to get more snaps. I'm not saying I don't want Dwelly in the game, but the ceiling of those two players are much higher than Dwelly. I love Dwelly. I'm not saying take him away, but... Gosh, I wish we would have done more three tight end sets or some two tight end sets with some 22 formation. We got to get some of that stuff in there. I, I just really think it's important. Now, let's jump over to our sponsors. I'm excited about this one. We've got some fun stuff going this week. Uh, my bookie, baby. Here we go. Winning seasons return at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning seasons means survivor, super contest, squares, you name it, they have it at my bookie. And here's the deal. Whenever you're hitting on all of your parlays with your feet up on the couch, enjoying watching the 49ers win, of course, you get to trounce your rivals, brag about it, and make money. And that's what my bookie brings to us. And that, I love these guys. They've supported us for a long time. Uh, really do appreciate all they do. So here's the deal. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet, head over there. They've got live betting on championship futures. You want to put money down on if the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl, if they're going to win the NFC West, uh, how far they're going to go in the playoffs. All of those things and more are available at mybookie.ag. So it's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash, and again, use promo code 49ers and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today at mybookie.ag all right just a couple things i want to talk about betting this week before um that i think is interesting and it, it kind of tells you the perspective of vegas and the money which is one of the most accurate predictors out there the 49ers are minus seven again that's what we were against the cards despite being on the road this lets you know uh how bad the jets really are the jets are bad um you know, panic mode, you want to talk those things. 49ers lose this week. I'm not saying full-on panic, but it's going to be rough. 49ers need to win this game. Now, it does suck it's an early kickoff, and you're traveling all the way to the East Coast. You go back 2018, uh, you know, 2017-2018 year, the first two years, Kyle Shannon was 0-8 at these types of games. The traveling to East Coast early games, 0-8. Um, I don't think we're that team anymore. Now, the over-under is 42.5, one of the lowest of the week. They're not expecting a lot of points. They're not expecting much from the Jets at all uh, because they're really, really bad. Now, one thing else that's telling, and again, I'm not saying I'm putting money down on this one yet, but the odds for the 49ers to win the NFC West have shifted dramatically. It's now plus 200, which means if you bet 10, you win 30, right? So it doubles whatever you bet. So the 49ers to win the NFC West Championship has dropped. Uh, so if you're one of those people that's just like, hey, uh, I still got faith in my team. I really do believe we're the best team in the NFC West. We're going to win it. That's a bet out there. But here's a bet I am currently taking. Thursday night action. Why not? Um, 
You've got the Bengals over the Browns, and they're getting six points. One, I think Baker Mayfield is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, um, and I actually do like Joe Burrow. He played really, really well against a terrible defense. I mean, against a great defense in the Chargers, um, and he looked the part. Yeah, I went back and watched the game um, afterwards, after the 49ers game, because it was on the same time, and he looked good. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm taking the I'm taking the points. Uh, Bengals plus six. And I bought a point and a half. So they're plus six, so you can buy extra points. It lowers the odds. Um, so I'm getting seven and a half points. So th it's going to take the Browns winning by more than a touchdown over the Bengals, which I don't think is going to happen. Bengals beat <laughs> the Browns last year, despite being the worst team in the NFL. So bet 10 to win 1645. Uh, That's what I'm taking if you want to bet with this Thursday. I like betting Thursday games because it just makes it more fun. I don't really care about the Bengals or the Browns. I do hate the Browns, though. I really, really do. Um, and that's going to take us into, let's stay with the Browns. And before we get to our questions, I, I was asked so many times, golly, man, I need like a rubber stamp as soon as the OJ, or the OJ, the Odell Beckham Jr. trade rumors start. So here's what happens. I don't want to give this guy any credence. A national reporter uh, comes out and says, oh, the Browns are actively shopping Odell Beckham Jr. Then immediately the Browns come out and say, no, we're not. Um, I personally don't think they are. Now, any team will listen to any offer. I mean, if you called the Chiefs up and you said, hey, we're going to trade you everything and blah, 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 the Chiefs are going to say no for Patrick Mahomes, but they will listen to you. Um, so that's just the NFL. Uh, you listen. You just listen. What would it take to get Odell? That's one thing. First off, I don't think we should trade for Odell Beckham Jr. I just don't believe so, especially with the salary cap, what it is in 2021 20, seasons. 175 dropping $25 million. Now, I get the people that always say, the salary cap's a myth. You can always move money around. You can do all these things. Eh, I don't think so. Um, look at <laughs> the Rams lost seven starters on their defense. In one year, seven. Um, and so the reason why they did that isn't because the salary cap is a myth. No, they had a lot of really bad contracts. Unfortunately, the freaking Houston Texans helped them out by taking that Brandon Cooks deal off their freaking... I hate, I hate Bill O'Brien. I hate that man. I hate that man. I think he kind of just hates the 49ers. And he's just doing everything he can to make every team in the NFC West better. But they signed Brandon Cooks' terrible deal, and they're stuck with it. And Bill O'Brien swifts in like the freaking year of Jubilee and just pardons their stupid contract situation. But uh, So that helped them out a lot, and they were able to kind of move some of that money around uh, into Jalen Ramsey deal. But the salary cap is not a myth. Uh, I get it. You see teams like you know the Chiefs signing all their players. Well, that's great. Now. We'll have to see what happens. Now, Patrick Mahomes signed the most team-friendly deal ever. I understand the numbers are astronomical. But if you look at it, Patrick Mahomes doesn't count as much against the cap um, as Russell Wilson does for another five years. Like, that was the most team-friendly deal. So if you want to get players, if you can get superstar whatever to take cap-friendly deals, then yeah, you can do what the Chiefs did. But that's pretty damn rare. Not a lot of players are going to do that. So let's say you bring in, first off, I don't think we should get Odell, but let's just, let's play the game. Let's play the game, okay? He's got four years, about $60 million left on his deal. I'm just talking cap-wise. It was a super front-loaded deal um, that the Giants did that was stupid as hell. 
And good news is his contract's almost completely voidable. There's almost no guarantees left. But if you keep him, you're getting four years, uh, $15 million a year. Basically, it's exactly what George Kittle is getting paid. So that's great. But that's still $15 million this year. So if you trade for him, you are responsible for that $15 million this year. Now, where the 49ers currently are is right at about $18 million, uh, depending on what site, over the cap or Spotrack or whatever. It doesn't matter. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great: it, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But that's going to push you up against the cap. So you could do it. Next year is going to suck. This is going to make it harder to extend um, the left tackle of the NFL, Trent Williams. Um, you're going to have Fred Warner contracts coming relatively soon. You're going to have to get that done because he was in a first-round pick, uh, very similar to Kittle. Uh, he's a guy that you're going to want to extend next year. So there's going to be some choices to be made. And we haven't even talked about what type of compensation it's going to take to get them. What did the Browns give up? They gave up a first, a third, and Julius Peppers. Okay? Um, you say whatever you want. Some people love Julius Peppers. Some people hate him. He's dynamic. But, man, he makes a lot of bad plays on defense. But whatever. You're talking the bare minimum is a first-round pick to get Odell Beckham Jr. And why is every team trying to get rid of him that he's a part of? I, I'm an Odell fan, personally. I think he runs amazing routes. I think he has the talent. I think he's played with some terrible, terrible quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield is awful. He's really, really bad NFL quarterback. Um, I, I don't think that he's a bad locker room guy, but there are question marks there. I'm not willing to spend a first-round pick to get this guy. I just don't want to do it. And then you add in to the salary cap implications, and here's the deal. Okay, well, let's talk about what first-round picks are worth. It's worth Brandon Ayuk. Because the 49ers, no matter what, despite the 0-1 start, they're going to be picking towards the back of the 32 NFL picks. It, teams know that. And so R1 carries less weight than almost every other first-round pick out there. Yeah, we could use him. Do I want, would he make our team better? Hell yeah, he would. And so I, I know some of you guys are like, well, if it makes our team better, just do it, period. Well, what happens whenever you have Debo back? 
what happens when you have Brandon Ayuk being what you thought he was, and now you're going to add in Odell Beckham? Well, guess what? We don't run three wide receiver sets very often. We don't do that very often. So you're going to be sitting on the bench, Brandon Ayuk? He's just going to sit on the bench and just rotate in and get 20 snaps a game? Why the hell would you trade up in the first round to get him? We're not the Falcons that do three wide receiver sets all the time. We are a tight end-oriented offense. Um, you're going to sit Kyle Juszczyk? So, yeah, we would be better, but I don't think that's how they want to build. You don't unload DeForest Buckner, who had an awful game, by the way. A lot of people throwing shade on Kinlaw. Kinlaw had a great game, not stat-wise. Uh, Kinlaw was great. Kinlaw had a great game. Um, DeForest Buckner had a terrible game. Um you know, there's still those media reporters out there. I don't want to throw any names. You all know who it is uh, that are going to talk trash on whatever the 49ers do. You know, through week one, 49ers got this right. But back to the idea, you don't trade away DeForest Buckner to trade in the same amount of capital for Odell Beckham Jr. You don't do that. That don't make sense. <laughs> um, anyway, so one plus, no. Allen Robinson, I would prefer Allen Robinson over Odell Beckham Jr. Um, personally, I would. I think that he fits what Jimmy Garoppolo does better. I'm not saying he's better than Odell Beckham Jr. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying we – this is going to come off bad. It came off bad in my head. Here we go. I think Mitch Trubisky is the worst quarterback in the NFL by far. He did just have a three-touchdown performance, so props to him. That's great. But if you can put up those numbers with freaking Mitchell – Trubisky. I want to say his middle name's Wayne. Why do I want to say that? I don't know. Mitchell Wayne Trubisky. That just sounds right, and I don't know why that's an insult. I have friends that are named Wayne that I like. If your name's Wayne, I'm not insulting you, but I think his middle name's Wayne. Somebody back me up on that. Mitchell Wayne Trubisky. It just sounds bad. If you can make him look good, and you can put up those types of numbers... Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think, is that bad of a quarterback. I really, really don't. Um, you know, I, I did my preseason uh, rankings of each position. I had him right at eight. Um, now, week one was bad. That made me look bad. But I do like Allen Robinson. I think he's a better fit in this scheme, personally. Now, again, he's going to cost more than Odell Beckham. You have Matt Nagy, whose job's somewhat on the line. If he trades away Allen Robinson, his job's done. So I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Now, you know, Allen Robinson, he unfollowed all the Bears because he wants a contract extension and he's pissed off and he's pouting, whatever. But again, this guy made Blake Bortles look good. This guy made Mitchell Wayne Trubisky look good. Um, he's a hell of a player. Um, and I think he's going to cost way more. It's the last year of his deal. So if you trade for him now, he has $11 million left on his cap that the 49ers would have to take. Um, so that's a lot. We, we could afford it currently, but then you're going to have to re-sign him. You don't want to do what New England did with Mohamed Sanu or what Seattle did with Jadavian Clowney where you just <laughs> you trade a second for a guy and then you just let him walk out the door. You don't want to do that. Uh, that's not good. The, the one thing that the 49ers did that was way better, we traded third and fourth for Emmanuel Sanders. We got a fifth back, and we're going to get a fifth-round comp pick back as well. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, you traded a second. You let him walk out the door. He didn't sign a deal until after the deadline. There's no compensation pick for Seattle. You look at the Patriots. They traded a second for Mohamed Sanu. They kept him. Then they cut him. After the date, they don't get a compensation pick either. So, you know, you look at just those three scenarios, 
that's you know that's it's important because the 49ers netted two fifth round picks back oh you say oh fifth round picks don't matter eh, george kittle begs to differ um dj jones begs to differ right uh, those are that's where you get those guys so i think the cost for Allen robinson would be huge i think he'll get 17 to 18 million a year for his new deal and he deserves it i don't think chicago's gonna let him go but you're talking about giving up a first a third plus uh, very similar to that Odell Beckham Jr. trade that we saw. You're going to have to package that with a decent player uh, to step in. Uh, might have to throw in you know, a running back or whatever. And I just don't think that's what we're going to do. I, I don't think we want to pay that money. Would it be awesome? Yes. Um, but I think you've got to give a shot to the Debo Ayuk connection. You got to. And you only have to wait till week four to find out. The trade deadline's not for a long time, okay? You're not making the playoffs weeks one through four. You can dig a hole that's going to cost you, that's for sure. But you got the Jets, and you got the Giants up next. Just wait. Just wait. Because right now the asking price on every single player is high as hell. Because nobody will admit they are out of the hunt yet. Nobody is in sell mode. There's nobody. Um, except for Jacksonville. And they won somehow. Good gosh. Uh, CJ, CJ Henderson who I had in my top eight uh, in the NFL draft. I was too low on that guy. Uh, C.J. Henderson probably should have been a top three pick. That guy was amazing. Um, now, let's jump into some questions. Uh, again, I wouldn't do either of those trades, but I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, so let, let's talk through some questions. Um, let, let's see what we got. Oh, no. We've got so many freaking comments on here. I can't even scroll to the top. Look at this, baby. I love it. This is awesome. Appreciate it, everybody. And if this is your first time with us, we record four times a week. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification thing. Let us know what we got. We want you with us. Uh, I love the energy. Love the crowd. Love the questions. Let's get through a couple of these questions. Yeah, I see uh, JL, trade for Allen Robinson out of Chicago. And, you know, I'll put this poll up on Twitter because I think this is what it would cost. Would you be willing to give up a first-round pick a third round pick, and I'm just going to throw uh, Ronald Blair out there, okay, um, for to bring in Allen Robinson, and you're taking his $11 million salary this year, and you're signing him to a $17 million deal for the future. Would you be willing to do that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet that out, and we're going to kind of see uh, what everybody thinks. Thank you, Landon. Uh, nice hat. This is the draft hat. It says faithful to the bay somewhere on here. Faithful to the Bay, man. I love it. Uh, anytime you can rep your city and throw shade on the Raiders, fire. Straight fire. Um, let's see here. Consider this is Trent's first game in the years. No preseason warm-up against Chandler Jones. He's a beast. Yeah. You, get, you cannot talk about how great Trent Williams is. You can't talk about it. Once we get one of our two damn sinners back, <laughs> what's Daniel Broodskill? Does it have his very first game ever at guard? the O-line's going to be just fine. Uh, the O-line, I'm not too worried at all about what those are. Um, I, I'm pretty excited about the O-line, which is great. I'm gr very excited about the run game once Kittle gets over this knee sprain. Um, but once we get wide receivers and the defense backs up, you don't have eight men in the damn box every single time. Um, that's going to be huge. From Sergio, what do you think about Ken Law's performance? Ken Law was awesome. Now, we're going to talk about a little bit more defense um, next episode, and hopefully, good God, they'll get the film out so that I can watch the coach's film and, and see exactly how he did. Ken Law played 39 
of 82 snaps. So he played right at half, and he played great. He got two pressures, uh, got one tackle, one solo run stop, but he played on the opposite side of the line the entire game. And this is exactly what you wanted this guy for. They abandoned the inside run game. It wasn't working. If you go back to 2019, the Cardinals were running all over us straight up the A-gap. And that didn't happen. Um, you know, that didn't happen. So I think that's awesome. Ken Law, he played great. You cannot be upset. It, it, obviously, Twitter is the place for worst takes ever. People look at a stat line, how many tackles, how many sacks, how many tackle for losses. That is not how you grade defensive football. That's not what you do. So just chill out. <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Uh, so, so we're good there. Now, you know, another thing that I want to talk about and just, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through this. Uh, I've seen some of the terrible comments. Again, you're saying we miss Buckner. I, I miss Buckner too. Every single NFL team wants him. But um, Buckner had his maybe his worst game ever as a pro uh, in week one with the Colts. The Colts just had a bad everything as well. So um, let's see here. Matthew, who does Sanu replace on the roster? James for short term, Pettis for long term. Does Pettis make it through the season? Um, I... The one reason why I think Pettis uh, has safety is because Richie James is out now. He could be one of the punt returners. Uh, so Trent Taylor and Dante Pettis will be the punt returners, and Pettis can back up all three wide receiver positions. So he's a great safety net. I do think Richie James will be put on IR. That's my guess. Um, and then you'll bring him up. Uh, so, so that's what I think is going to happen. We'll have to see what happens. But if you remember, if you go back to when they placed Debo on IR, I don't think they called anybody up. So I think they didn't have to re re release anybody. Um, so I think we're good there. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, what's his name? Mitchell Trubisky's middle name is David. I, I disagree. And if anybody is amazing enough, to head over to Wikipedia and try to change his middle name from David to Wayne, I just feel like the podcast would reach that level that we haven't got to yet. Mitchell Wayne Trubisky, baby, make it a thing. I'm gonna start hash. Let's hashtag that man. Let's make it a thing. I, I just think it's. Uh, I think it's awesome. Oh, I love this, John. Should we kick the tires on Andrew Luck? I don't think you should kick anything on Andrew Luck. He has been through a lot, and he is a one of the stark reminders that NFL franchises ruin players bad franchises which I don't think the Colts are anymore now can ruin bad uh, amazing players um gosh uh Leonardo ask it about D Ford I don't even want to say that dude's name right now and it doesn't take much to see that guy's not okay he's not okay he is he's not okay um it's it's he's, he's not doing well at all uh, what do I think about Kyle Shanahan's play calling? This is from Vince. Thanks, Vince. It was bad. Kyle Shanahan's one of the best scripter of plays. You jump out to the 10-point lead. Okay? Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan scripts about 20 plays, and he's an amazing situ situational football player coach. It's just He's great at it. The areas where red flags show up, and this has been traditional for all of Kyle Shanahan teams except for the 2016 Falcons, whenever they just went nuts. He sucks in the red zone. He sucks in the red zone. Um, 
yeah, I don't like his play calling, but what he, I, my problem with him was the formations. Why keep running out two and three wide receivers whenever you're not going to throw the ball to Pettis and he's not that good? Um, you know, Trent Taylor, I like a lot. He had a terrible game. That was surprising to me. He didn't have a good game. I, I do think he's going to rebound. You do have to look at the fact Trent Taylor was out for a full um, year. So that's it. But no, run the ball more. He abandoned the run again in the fourth quarter. Um, totally got away from it. And it was a close game. You know, you end up losing by four. It's it's never too far out <laughs> to to stop running the, the ball. I understand that there's eight men in the box. Well, guess what? You average 4.9 yards per carry throughout the game. Keep running the ball. Um, I do feel like he was kind of hamstrung because he thought he was going to have Debo and Brandon Ayuk whenever he went in to install that week. Uh, he thought they were going to be open, and it didn't work out. Um, so I didn't like his play calling. We'll have to see what happens whenever he gets all of his toys. Um, from Mr. Superfly, great to see you, brother. Um, I know it's week one, but do you think we'll see Jimmy make less rookie mistakes down the line this season? Yeah, we saw it in week one. Jimmy didn't turn the ball over. Um, the spinning, whirling dervish play where he spun around three times, you'll see him kind of throw it and drop the ball in his hand. He grabbed it and was looking down and just started spinning around trying not to get sacked. So you can criticize Jimmy Garoppolo on so many things. You cannot criticize him on lack of protecting the ball. He protected the ball, which was the number one thing we criticized him on last year. So I get it, but we didn't... We didn't lose this game because of Jimmy Garoppolo. He just did nothing to win it. Does that make sense? In games in the past, we have lost games, the Seattle game, because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay? Usually, and this is a weird stat from last year, games he threw an interception in, he was way, we had a better winning record than games he didn't. So it's kind of, do you want the gunslinger? <laughs> because when Jimmy's on fire... Yeah, obviously week one sucked, but when Jimmy's on fire, Jimmy's on fire. You go back to the Super Bowl, he completed like, I think it was 12 or 14 passes in a row at one point. The dude was on fire. And obviously down the stretch, that kind of went away. But I'm not quite sure what's best for Jimmy yet. Just him slinging the ball and just saying, screw it. Yeah, I'm going to get picked off by a linebacker dropping in a deep zone. You know, he's going to get in my throwing path. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, but... I don't know yet. I, I do like how he protected the ball. But he's got to change something. Something's got to change. And maybe this is a coach, uh, a quarterback psychological thing that they got to figure out. Because uh, do you want him slinging it? Because maybe that's better. Um, instead of just worrying about turnovers and whatever else. Um, and Niner Drag, what happens with McGlinchey? McGlinchey's fine long term. Um, yeah, Mike's going to be fine. You... you Mike's going to be okay. Yeah, he had a bad game, but he didn't give up a sack. He gave up four pressures. He didn't even give up a sack, but he was not good. Mike's his best whenever the outside run works, and it was very, very clear. The two things that the Cardinals took away, outside zone one, George Kittle two. So, you know, you go back to the old Bill Belichick mindset. I'm not going to let your bread and butter, your priority, your best player beat me. Your best play beat me. You got to find something else out. We didn't find something else out. Um, we didn't find something, something else out. Uh, so that, that's kind of what it is. Uh, D. Johnson off the roster. Thank God. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, I can't believe I even read that. Number 27 needs to get the hell out of here. Uh, that's what it is. So, 
anyway, I appreciate you guys. Hopefully, again, hit subscribe. We need some five-star reviews. Help us out. Um, share your story with how you became part of the faithful, and I need to hear that. So wherever it is you listen to podcasts, leave a review and share your story. It doesn't have to be short. It can be whatever. It can be funny, even if you don't think it's significant. We need to share that stuff. We're a community. That's what we are. It's a faithful, baby. The best fan base of any pro sports team. We whine a little bit too much. I'm gonna be <laughs> we do whine too much, but that's okay. It's a San Francisco treat. It's what it is. Also, I'll have the Patreon uh, breakdown start as soon as the NFL gets off their rear end and loads the content that we already paid for. So uh, for my Patreon subscribers, thank you. You fund this podcast and I'm very appreciative. I will get that to you guys as soon as they load it. So until next time, Stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.